Welcome to episode 126 of Crack the Customer Code. Thanks to the Cleveland Clinic Patient Experience Summit, the world's largest independent conference devoted to improving the patient experience, for sponsoring this episode. I'm Jeannie Walters, and I'm here with my fellow super fan of great customer experience and customer service, as well as my co-host, Adam Toporek. Adam, how are you? I am feeling like a super fan. Is that similar to... <laughs> I remember Super Tramp from our day. Oh, there you go. Remember them? Of course. <laughs> Breakfast in America. <laughs> oh, look, look at you. I had older siblings, to be fair. <laughs> Is that what so, it was? <laughs> yeah. Is that how you're going to play it? <laughs> it? It's the truth. <laughs> it makes me very good at trivia. All right. Youngin. I'll just call you a youngin. <laughs> there you go. Keep going with that one. <laughs> now, I understand you had a great conversation with our guest today at the Patient Experience Summit. Yes. Uh, as I've talked about, this event was pretty amazing in a lot of ways. And I had actually kind of interacted very briefly with Sven at another patient experience conference before. And he's really a fascinating person because he comes from hospitality and is now a chief patient officer, um, patient experience officer. So looking at healthcare through that lens and trying to change things outside of really the medical practice, it's, it's beyond that. So he has a lot of great things to share with us today. Yes. And I think you undersold it a little. He did not just come from hospitality. He came from right. the Ritz. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so the, uh, the gold standard of hospitality uh, customer service. So he had some really great insights. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about Sven and let's get to the interview. Excellent. As chief customer experience, sorry, as chief experience officer for Northwell Health, Sven is responsible for creating a superior and consistent service experience for patients, visitors, and employees. Prior to his current position, he was vice president of hospitality and service culture at Henry Ford Health System in Detroit, Michigan. In that role, he established a culture of service excellence through development and implementation of standards, system-wide rounding, and training programs for all employees, ranging from first impressions to leader coaching. He was a driving force in creating excellence and consistency in the patient experience and continues to do so today. Well, welcome, Sven. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? Wonderful. Well, we're so happy to have you here. And I know you and I spoke a little bit at the uh, Cleveland Clinic Patient Experience Summit. And I was really fascinated by the fact that you have a background with hospitality. And in fact, the Ritz-Carlton, which is pretty much the place <laughs> for customer <laughs> service. Uh, so what parts of the hospitality approach to experience, did you actually bring to this role and other roles you've had in healthcare? Uh, well, first of all, I think that uh, the healthcare industry has uh, many opportunities to learn certain elements from the hospitality industry. But um, the the what I, what I've learned in the years uh, now in healthcare is that the um, healthcare is just the most noble profession there is. And in the hospitality industry, while it's um, an, an awesome place to work and it's very exciting, um, at the end of the day, it is a business that puts heads on beds and you get paid for it, even at a beautiful 
place like a, like a Ritz Carlton. And in healthcare, it is just uh, the ability to help people in the most vulnerable situations is just absolutely um, terrific to be to be part of that. But one of the things that you can that healthcare can learn, and what I certainly have tried to to bring to it, is how can we embed this uh, focus on service into the clinical processes to improve the overall experiences of our patients. And one of the things is um, hospitality does an unbelievable job with creating great first impressions. And that is from the, the, the physical plant, when you walk into a hotel, what you see, what you feel, what you, what you hear. Um, so all of our senses are being stimulated through that. And it is to to create um, trust that you're in a great place, that you're well taken care of. And there's no better place than a hospital or a healthcare facility to actually do that for people that are uh, have health problems, that are looking to, to heal. And uh, that's what we need to do in healthcare is to create this environment you walk in and I'm safe now I'm I'm in a place of healing and I find the opposite uh, very often the 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 case where the employees are very focused on their tasks on registering a a uh, patient instead of they should be focused on providing an unbelievable first impression um, for that patient that they know that they're in the right place now and they can trust us with the greatest health care that we will provide to them. Yeah, that's a great lens. Jeannie and I have spoken about that in previous episodes, the idea of shifting from that, shifting the culture and the mentality to an experience-based viewpoint, right, of the patient's experience, the customer's experience. And I think we've all had those horrible healthcare experiences. One of the, uh, in one of my keynotes, I actually use a story that's just this terrible healthcare experience. And Jeannie tells me you have quite a dramatic patient story yourself. So can you share that story and tell us what you learned from it? Yeah, I am, I am blessed that I have um, had an experience in healthcare that I now carry with me every day and certainly I think about every day when I go uh, through, through my work. So um, when I was working at the Ritz-Carlton, I... Um, was uh, just in the process of uh, transitioning jobs from one Ritz-Carlton to another to open a new facility. And I uh, had one day some strange uh, symptoms that I didn't know what to do with, and I ignored it. Um, It was the tingling in my fingers and numbness in my toes. Um, And then I didn't I didn't go see a doctor because I was had to start my new job the following Monday, and uh, things progressed pretty quickly from that. And I was uh, diagnosed with Guillain-Barré syndrome. So, for the listeners that don't know what that is, certainly clinicians know uh, what that is. It's a neurological uh, disease that, luckily, comes and goes. So it is uh, you don't have to worry about uh, chronic symptoms but it is uh, very debilitating. And in my case, it paralyzed me from head to toe. And I was very quickly in an ICU within days, actually, and was hooked up to all kinds of equipment and had very um, invasive uh, treatments. 
And I ended up spending three months um, in the hospital. So three months, imagine that is 90 days, 90 nights, you live there. And um, I was 100% dependent on nurses, on doctors, on uh, physicians, assistants, uh, everybody that is part of the care continuum, the therapists, etc. I couldn't do anything for myself. The only thing I had left was moving my head left and right. Uh, I could see, I could think, and um, for the most part, I could still speak, although at some points there was not uh, 100% there. So what did I, what did I learn from that? What I mentioned earlier—that healthcare is the most noble profession in the world—that um, was the number one learning. I walked out of there saying that nurses is, is the most underpaid profession for what they really do. Mm-hmm. It's really absolutely incredible. And um, but what I also learned is that the experience a patient has and that a patient can evaluate is really not the the clinical treatment. Um, I was completely overwhelmed with everything that was happening. I didn't know what, I didn't even know how to spell Guillain-Barre syndrome, let alone know what's going to happen. And um, just to process all of that was very, very, very difficult for me. But I always knew how a person treated me as a human being and, and if they treated me like a human being. And there were these amazing people that took care of me, but then on the other end of the spectrum, there were not so great staff members that took care of me. And it always depended on the next person walking in the room. And Mm -hmm. that's where I learned it's that every person in that care continuum is part of that experience and matters in that experience, and that there was huge variation. Um, I remember times where I asked my wife to go to the nursing schedule, to the nursing station, to check the schedule and see who's on. And if it was so-and-so, I had to mentally prepare myself for that, for that because she was not very nice. And she was uh, dealing with me in a very rough manner that I just didn't appreciate to the point where I thought, I, I must have done something to her that she treats me like that. And mm. as you can imagine, I had enough things going on, and it shouldn't be that way. So to create consistency in that healthcare experience is, is I think, one of the most important things that we can do. I was wondering, you know, does their manager know that this person treats people like that? Um, it was before the times of... Uh, surveys of age caps or Prescani surveys. It was, um, I, I didn't know how to, to voice that. And I don't know if I, if I would have actually um, complained about that. And then you, you have on the other end just this amazing staff taking care of you. So inconsistencies was something that was very profound um, to me. And that's what I'm excited about uh, um, changing. Mm-hmm. And well, it's, it's the most complex industry uh, just to just to watch and how many people walk in inside your room on a daily basis and then post acute. Um, I was in home health care. Nurse came to my house. I had physical therapy at home. So it was about a, a year long ordeal um, where I went through the continuum of care and I had no clue what that term meant at the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think that's the the crux of many patient stories is. You know, they're they're unexpected. They are things I, that we do not expect to happen to us. Um, and at the the patient experience summit that you and I were 
both a part of. One thing that came up over and over that really struck me because I don't have that background in healthcare is that the clinicians and the you know nurses and all of these people involved, um, they're exceptional at what they do. Uh, the part that sometimes is left to your point, either inconsistent or just kind of neglected is teaching and incorporating the idea of empathy into what they do and making it more central to the patient experience. And currently, healthcare education is, there's a lack of focus on that. And some of that is changing. I think there are some exciting things happening there. But I'm curious, what do you think are the right steps to take to ensure the healthcare experience includes empathy as for the patients as part of it. Yeah, I, I do believe that it is changing um, slowly, not mm-hmm. not fast enough. Uh, there's certainly um, a lot more research that is produced around that the impacts of empathy on other outcomes um, and uh, drawing the correlations to to all of that, uh, which is very very important. Um, I, I think that the best way to to address that, and we're doing that in, as part of our um, training initiatives around patient experiences, to connect the caregivers back to the reason why they went into healthcare to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we, how, how we do that is by asking each uh, team member to talk about that. Why did they go into that? What keeps them in healthcare? And what are what are the stories that are that are part of that? So the aspect of storytelling is so is so big, um, because that really connects the people. Uh, that's where the empathy comes out of it. And I've seen um, uh, individuals in our organization in top leadership positions where. They're, um, you would say, you know, uh, more on the um, hardliner side from Mm -hmm. a perspective, really soften up and um, share their story where everybody else that was in the room couldn't believe it, that that person would share such an empathetic story. And that's how you make connections um, with your work, with other people, with this and with with the patients. So we are um, making it one of our mandates here to start meetings with a patient story um, where you have multiple people in the room and it is it it really brings out that empathy and it's certainly what keeps me in healthcare. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have so many of those examples. I, I shared one this morning uh, with a group of 20 leaders that just came in last night from one of our culture leaders at one of our tertiary hospitals. And uh, you, often you just have to sit there and reflect on that and, and be appreciative of uh, the amazing work that's happening on a daily basis in a, in a healthcare facility. And the more you can talk about that, the more empathy um, comes out and always trying to see what if that was my daughter, my mother, my grandfather or whatever, uh, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I love that. You know, we talk about stories and you know, hospitality and all these other industries, but when you when you apply it to the medical profession when in healthcare, you got to think the stories are so much more resonant and powerful. 
And it's such, it's such a great way to frame uh, the issue for people and to help, I would assume, help change the culture of healthcare to focus on, you know, the patient story and the experience. Yeah. So I have a tricky you know, Adam, can I actually, can I follow up on that? Oh, absolutely, please. Back to the, to the hospitality industry. You can imagine that at Ritz-Carlton we got a lot of letters that were just um, people gushing about the unbelievable experiences they had from the uh, staff members that provided that experience. And it was just perfect. Um, and in healthcare we get all these amazing letters. I never saw anybody cry at Ritz-Carlton when we read up. <laughs> right. um, in healthcare, we cry every time we read out one of those letters. Mm -hmm. That's the fundamental difference. That's so powerful. So I have a macro question for you because I'm, I'm listening to what you're talking about and some of the discussions we've had around patient health care. And, and I have a question sort of about the whole industry, maybe not as much about your organization, because it seems like one of the challenges, you're trying to sort of change a cultural mindset across an entire industry to some degree. And it seems like one of the challenges is going to be that there is a nurse shortage. There is, you know, in, in other, at the Ritz or in these other organizations, when you find the 5% or the 10% who won't get on board with the cultural change and won't embrace where you're headed, you get them off the bus. But with the, uh, the boomers are aging and we all know there's a nurse shortage, how do you think the industry or organizations in particular can sort of move that culture forward when they're really going to be stuck with sort of the staff they have to some degree? Um, and are, yeah. are you seeing that challenge across the industry? That that is certainly the case, and um, it, it's the staff shortages. It's also I see in many organizations it takes a very long time to fill a position. So, you know, if you hold somebody accountable to the degree where you actually let them go, then you possibly have to deal with um, even if you find somebody to replace said with a six to eight week uh, period until somebody actually starts um, with all the steps that are uh, involved in between with onboarding and to get somebody um, in the door. So that's I think that goes through leaders' minds before they make that uh, before that make that decision. But I think also what's been happening in the healthcare industry is that the um, and I've I've heard that myself in the past where a nurse leader would say about an employee, about a nurse that is not um, empathetic and that is not um, uh, handling the patient in a, most, in a very patient-centric way, uh, that they would say, you know what, but she's a really good nurse. I would want her to take care of me when I'm, when I'm sick because I know that I would be safe. And that's not acceptable anymore. And it's that that shift in in mentality that um, we have to um, address that um, because what happens is if you don't get rid of the bad apples and there are there are a few of the very disengaged employees and maybe they they would be better off somewhere else and they would be happy and perform better there but if we don't do that then it really poisons the rest of the team too and overall you get a lower performance and you are. Um, just um, treading water at uh, at that point. Um, so, nurse shortage or not, if you are focused on employee engagement, if you're focused on the right things, you're going to attract the talent that um, matches the culture that you create. 
Well, and I totally agree with that. And I think uh, one of the things I talk about in the keynote that I do about patient experiences is how there was this one doctor and I could tell that all of the nurses didn't like her, like immediately. <laughs> I could tell that. And it's those little moments that kind of stick with you as a patient. So I think it's a really critical point. And it's not just, I mean, it is so much about the people in healthcare. It's so much about physicians and nurses and to your point, the attendants and all the people who are interacting with you. One of the things that really struck me, I had the opportunity to tour the Cleveland Clinic when I was out there and one of the things that struck me was how much emphasis they put on the actual environment. They really put a lot of thought into designing things in a calming way. There's artwork, there's um, there's a specific fountain when you drive up that was literally designed to be as calming and soothing as possible for patients because they understand that it's already a stressful situation. And so I'm I'm curious in your role and with your take on this, what do you think are some of the ways experience um, is impacted outside of these relationships and these moments with the people in healthcare? What What are some of those points um, around environment and different pieces that maybe are currently overlooked in healthcare that should be examined more? No, I think that's absolutely the case that uh, we we do need to look at the whole picture um, and. The way um, I like to describe it, um, and that's a framework that we've adopted in our organization, is that the, the four components that play a role in patient experience are one, the culture, and be, be creating a patient-centric culture that puts the expressed and unexpressed wishes and needs of our patients first. Um, the second piece is the how do we create uh, processes and uh, patient flows that uh, a care delivery system that enables that to do that. So very process focused. The third one is the environment and uh, an environment that is of hospitality and healing where you can um, be in a safe, uh, feel like you're in a safe place, in a clean place. Uh, that's not always the case in healthcare facilities, unfortunately. Um, and then the fourth one is the accountability in all of those, and making sure that we hold ourselves accountable as leaders. That we, that we, um, with accountability, is also reward and recognition, though, um, to uh, make sure that we reward the great. Uh, people in our organization, etc. But the environment is a is a big piece of that. But I, I, you can use the other areas to compensate for that if you don't have it. Like in the New York market, we are plagued with some of very old facilities mm-hmm. um, that uh, are still in existence, and there's. Uh, facilities with uh, not just two bedds with three bedds and four bedded rooms still um, you if you cut them down to one bedded rooms we already have a shortage of beds where many many patients that are in the ED are waiting for beds to get upstairs to be to be placed there um, so I believe that with culture you can overcome some of those challenges um, if you don't have them if you don't have that in place the environment mm-hmm Great point. That is, yeah, such a great point. I, I love this topic, and I, I really hope you know there's so much emphasis on it now. 
and the work you and others are doing to improve patient experience and healthcare experience overall is just absolutely phenomenal. And I hope that we are all going to benefit from it as a society and as consumers and as sadly sick people. So thank you so much, Sven. We appreciate it. And uh, thank you for all your insights. And please uh, let our listeners know where people can find, uh, find you on the Internet. Um, so I'm on LinkedIn uh, under Sven Gillinger and um, also on Twitter, um, Sven Gillinger. Um, uh, I think that's it. Or if- our our um, uh, email or our, our website is uh, www.northwell.edu. And we'll make sure that's all in the show notes as well. Um, and I just want to comment your your story about uh, how when you tell these stories in healthcare, you know, it's it's easy not to have a dry eye. I One of my last tweets from the Patient Experience Summit was, I've never cried so much at a conference. <laughs> I didn't either. And I've, you know, I loved every minute of it because it was really inspiring to see all those great minds come together and really focus on how can we help heal people in these important ways. And, and as Dr. Boise from Cleveland clinic is fond of saying, and and reduce suffering around the world. So, um, so this is a a great conversation. I appreciate all you're doing and uh, in a very noble profession, as you say. So thank you for being with us today, Sven. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks, Sven. We hope you enjoyed episode 126 of Crack the Customer Code with special thanks to the Cleveland Clinic Patient Experience Summit. You can see the show notes for this and all of our episodes and subscribe and send us feedback at crackthecustomercode.com. I'm Jeannie Walters. Stay current on the latest customer experience trends and insights and see my TEDx talk at 360connects.com. And we love your reviews. Don't forget to drop by iTunes and give us a few stars, preferably a lot of them. <laughs> I'm Adam Tork, and you can connect with me and find out more about our customer service workshops and training at customersatstick.com. Until next time, stay healthy, my friends, and take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.